All right, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration. And today, we're going to talk about the issue and the remedy and the importance of those, okay? Now, before I get into that, let me tell you that uh, <laughs> I got uh, a message this week from a gentleman, and he was saying, hey, I'm trying to collect this information for these uh joint statement grievance I'm filing, and I cannot find the Britain decision you're talking about, the one where Lou Drass was the advocate. And I was like, really? Let's see here. I got this number here. So I call, I'm, I have a walking route that I do. And so I called JB, who's up at the Formula, and I was like, hey, man, look this number up for me that I told everybody about and tell me, you know, try to find this Britain decision. And he calls me back, and he's like, now what's the number? I gave him the number. Who's the arbitrator? Britain. You sure about that? I was like, man, don't tell me I messed up. He's like, it's Bajork. It's Bajork. It's not Britain. It's Bajork. So I'm an idiot. But uh, it's B-A-J-O-R-K. That is the arbitrator. So if you look that up and you're thinking, what the hell's Britain? It's Bajork, not Britain. And let me tell you, I laughed till I was crying when I got off the phone with him, because I was sitting there <laughs> thinking, I'm telling everybody, if you want to be an expert, you do what I say, and you get this information, and you read it, and hell, I can't even give you the right uh, arbitrator's name, so <laughs> I apologize for that, I do. So hopefully y'all figured that out, but this poor guy's like, man, I can't find Britain for nothing. <laughs> well, that's because it ain't Britain, it's Bajork, so um, he's, uh, he's, he's, putting in his information request this week i believe so good luck to that gentleman going forward with that joint statement case so i apologize to y'all if i caused y'all some headache on that it's uh, it's bizarre the issue and the remedy and the importance of those uh, there's nothing more important in a grievance than the issue because when an arbitrator when they show up to an arbitration they have no idea why they're there other than to hear a case. They don't know if it's discipline, if it's contractual. They don't know anything. So they'll sit down and, and you'll know notice them. They'll be flipping through the case file before we get started. And, and they're just familiarizing themselves with the case file. Okay, I've got a removal. Uh, so that means that uh, management's going to go first. You know, things like that. So the issue is absolutely critical because we're going to be telling the arbitrator, hey, this is what we believe management violated. We're going to show you how they violated it. And here's what we're going to request because of them violating it. Okay, so the issue and the remedy is absolutely critical in a case. I'm going to give you an example of a case I've got coming up here of the issue and the remedy. And if you're a new steward, uh, these things take time. They take time. And so we, we need to make sure, like I've always said, you have your core group, four or five people, if you want to message me, uh, message me, and I'll help you. Um, but make sure we get that issue right, and then make sure we get that remedy to reflect that issue every time. Here's an issue and a remedy I'm going to read to you, and, and this is what I'm talking about, the importance of the issue and the remedy reflecting the issue. Here's the issue. One, did management violate Article 16 and Section 115 of the M39 Handbook via Article 19 of the National Agreement when a notice of removal, dated 4-14-21, was issued to John Doe for failure to abide by the term of a last chance agreement? And if so, what should the remedy be? 
Number two, did management violate Article 16.5 of the National Agreement when they failed to give grievance city letter carrier John Doe a 30-day written notice of charges against him and either stay on the job or stay on the clock? And if so, what should the remedy be? Number three, did management violate Article 15.2 when Supervisor Jane Doe at Informal A did not have authority to settle the grievance? And if so, what should the remedy be? Number four, did management violate Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement, Step B decision, gives the number there, and Arbitration Award, gives the number there, by failing to give union information in a timely manner? And if so, what should the remedy be? Number five, did management violate Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement, Step B decision, has the number there, Arbitration Award, has that number, and M Document 988 by failing to give the union information that was requested, and if so, what should the remedy be? Number six, did management violate Article 16A of the National Agreement when they failed to perform proper review and concurrence, and if so, what should the remedy be? So, experienced shop stewards, when I'm reading that, did y'all notice anything wrong? What article did we forget? Let me read this one again. Number four, did management violate Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement? Step B decision, which means we've already got something on this now. An arbitration award, now we've got an arbitration award on this, by failing to give union information in a timely manner. So we've got decision, past decisions on this, where the management has violated 17 and 31 by not giving us information in a timely manner. So what should we include in that remedy if we're going to show an ongoing uh, violation? Article 15. Article 15. I cannot get you an escalated monetary award or attempt to get you an escalated monetary award if we omit Article 15. Right? What about this one? Did management violate Article 17 and 31 of the National Agreement? Again, the Step B decision. Again, an arbitration award. And 988 by failing to give the union information that was requested. And if so, what should the remedy be? How about Article 15? We missed it on that. Also, anytime you have a non-compliance, anytime you have a non-compliance of a signed grievance settlement, whether it's a B-team decision, an arbitration award, anytime you have that, make sure that you're putting in there M1517. M document 1517. 1517 is the Donahoe letter, right? And I'm going to get into issues as far as non-compliance. We're going to get into an entire episode on that, okay? But on this one, we should have had an Article 15, 17, 19 via M 1517, right? The Donahoe letter talks about compliance with uh, grievance settlements and signed grievance settlements are not optional. And uh, 31. So... We kind of missed out on that just a little bit uh, on this issue. That's the importance of the issue. Let me read you the, the remedy we request. So we got quite extensive. We got six things on our issue. We're talking about uh, 16, 16, 5, 16, 8, uh, 17, and 31. Here's the remedy that we asked for in this grievance. Now, this is what we're taking to hearing. Here it is. Remedy requested. The notice of removal be rescinded and the grievance be compensated for lost wages and or whatever an arbitrator deemed appropriate. That's my remedy. I didn't even ask for the arbitrator to give me a remedy on the 1731. I didn't even ask him to give me a remedy on the 16 8, 
16.5. Now, how is an advocate going to arbitration and argue that? If I'm management, I'm going to say, Mr. Arbitrator, they didn't ask for a remedy on 17.31 now. They didn't ask for a remedy on 16.5 or 16.8. They just want them brought back and made whole. So if you decide against management here, if you decide that, that we violated the contract, we have to be held to that remedy. So we ask that you not recognize 1731 or 165 or 168. That's what they're going to say. So you put me in a bind here when I go to arbitration. Now I can say at the very bottom, or whatever an arbitrator deems appropriate. And Mr. Arbitrator, do you think that uh, a cease and desist on 1731, being as we already have an arbitration award, I already have a B-team decision, do you think that's appropriate, that they be given a cease and desist? Because we left it in your hands right there when we said that. When we say whatever an arbitrator deems appropriate, that's what we're talking about. So if you feel like it's deemed appropriate that they cease and desist on that, we're going to ask you for it. So we can kind of get it in like that maybe. But uh, be very careful with your issue and your remedy. Anything that you can prove, (laughs) put it in your issue. If you cannot prove it, Do not put it in your issue. If you're going by these pre-made templates, and and they're good, especially for new stewards. I'm not going to knock any pre-made template because shop stewards, especially new ones, need those. They're incredible resource there to help. Make sure that you're reading your issue on these pre-made templates. What is your issue on them? How did I prove that issue? Do my contentions prove that issue? If they don't, don't put it in there. Don't put it in your issue, okay? It's important because as an advocate, I'm going to have to explain that, all right? Another thing, and I talked about this last week, the the yellow jackets, when you get on management, they're going to do everything they can to get you off of them. I'll give an example on that. I had a, a joint statement case in Cleveland, Mississippi, a great case. And, and we had an arbitrator who did not believe in the joint statement. She uh, ruled, uh, she's from the West Coast, and she had about 10 out in the West Coast. She denied every single one of them. And so, you know, we're already up against it a little bit. But in this situation, the supervisor assaults the shop steward. He grabs her arm. She falls on the ground. She's screaming. He leaves bruises on her arm, scratches on her arm. Uh, She calls the police, the ambulance, they come out. And so management removes this supervisor. They give him a notice of removal. They're removing him from the postal service. And the district manager, he issues this removal. And it's some of the most damning language. I mean, he's on and on and on. This will not be tolerated. You have no business at the postal service. You're moved immediately, all these things. And so we still go forward with the grievance, right? We still go forward with the grievance. They hand us this removal notice and they say, hey, it's a moot point now because we removed the supervisor. Luckily, we didn't buy it. We went forward with the grievance. Before the arbitration, this removal goes to MSPB, the one that management issued this supervisor. It goes to MSPB. And they're in mediation. They don't even make it to the judge. They're in mediation, and the Postal Service brings him back. 
with a letter of warning. Now think about that. Brings him back with a letter of warning at mediation. He doesn't even go to the judge. It's in mediation where they're sitting down. What can we do? Well, we'll bring you back with a letter of warning. All of that was a guise. It was a charade. And that's what I told the arbitrator. It was, it was something to get us off of him. And uh, she found him in violation of the joint statement. It was the first one. We were, we were lucky. But when you initiate a joint statement case, when you're turning in these requests for information, and management knows that you have them, whatever action they take on this supervisor or manager, do not consider it. You can put it in the file if you want to, but do not give up. Do not stop. Keep going. Keep going. They're doing what they can to get you off of them. (laughs) It's the yellow jackets. They're doing what they can to get you off of them. Do not stop because they are low down. Sorry is what they are. They are trifling individuals are in management. I've seen horrible things that they cover up. They're legitimately dishonest, disloyal, trifling individuals that work in management. Now, there are some great people in management. There are. I've had some fantastic managers. But when you get to a certain level, they're legitimately dishonest. So don't give up. Don't stop. Okay? Also, in the previous episode, I talked about that template where I put in there the 17 and 31 and also addressed the union and management's closing briefs, post-hearing briefs for the snow case. And the arbitrator issued a decision. That decision is C35441, 35441. And that would be handy to put into your um, case file. If you're going to, if they give you these relevancy letters, uh, if they give you a relevancy letter, and this gentleman, <laughs> I told y'all, as soon as you ask for discipline, uh, you're going to get one. And and this gentleman reached out to me. It was an outside agency, but they sent him a relevancy letter. Uh, anytime you start asking for discipline on management, you're going to get a relevancy letter, okay? As long as you explain why you need it, I'd file a 1731. I would get arbitrator August decision 35441, 35441, and uh, she discredits the relevancy letter. And she finds management guilty of, of that by not providing us uh, information. So 35441, get that and put that in your file when you file a 17 and 31 if you get a relevancy letter, okay? Let's get into the issue and the remedy on a joint statement case. And you're going to see where we're going to tie in all this information. I told you we we're going to tie it all up into a nice little bow on this package that we're going to have an arbitrator to get rid of this manager. We're going to tie all these things up that I told you about into this issue and remedy. And you're going to see how we're going to do it. Uh, the neat thing about these two cases, the second case out of Clinton, Mississippi, and you'll see it when you pull it up. That's uh, C number 35122, 35122. And you never know who you're helping, okay? But I was uh, delivering mail. Like I said, I have a walking route. And I get a phone call. And a gentleman introduces himself. And he is from the APWU. And uh, he's reaching out to me. And this is the Clinton case, uh, the one where the arbitrator removed this manager 
uh, for a period of two years. And and he's uh, asked me, you know, is this Corey Walton the advocate for this case? Yes, sir, it is. Well, I'm with the APWU. We're from uh, National. Or it's the business agent one. I can't remember. <clears throat> but it's a business agent. He's from National. He's like, hey, I just want to talk to you about the case file, about the case. He's like, because we use this case in our training, uh, this decision. And so I told him, I was like, you want to get Hattiesburg. Get Hattiesburg, the one that uh, Jason actually did. Uh, that one is 33831, C33831. I said, get that one as well, because that one is a masterpiece. And um, so he talks to me about it. He's like, yeah, we do We do all of our training on this, uh, this decision. And I said, well, you know, I appreciate you reaching out. And uh, he's like, just wanted to reach out to you and let you know. And so, hey, you, you never know. You never know who you're helping out, okay? So put everything you have into it, everything you have. And understand, you're going to have some roadblocks. You're going to have some things get in the way. I've been talking with this gentleman who's he's having a rough time of it, a rough time of it. Uh, he can't get anybody to help, not even us, not even his own people. He's reached out to everybody, and nobody will help this guy. And so I've been doing everything I can to help him. Uh, he is dismayed. He's dismayed, man. And it and it tears me up to think that a brother is doing everything he can to help his brothers and sisters, and nobody is helping. Uh, so I've been doing everything I can to help him, and you can tell that he's dismayed. And I told him, I said, look here, brother. Don't give up. Don't give up, ever. Don't give up. You keep going forward. Keep going forward because... There'll be some tumultuous times as a shop steward, I'm telling you, as a formal A. There'll be some hard times on you where you get some, some uh, decisions back that will crush you. I mean, crush you. I remember the hardest time as, that I went through as, uh, while I've been in the union is when I was going through my divorce. And it, it, it killed me. It killed me. You know, I've got three kids. They're all grown at the time, but still, you know, uh, I've been with their mother for 27 years. Going through that divorce absolutely devastated me. Devastated me. During that time, I'm an advocate, you know. I, I And I've said this before. I've had 140 arbitrations. 140. I have lost 39 of those. I lost eight in a row. Eight in a row while I was going through my divorce, eight arbitrations in a row. You want to talk about devastated? And I had not, I felt like I was doing the same thing. I was preparing the same way. I was doing everything the same way and eight decisions in a row I lost. And of course, what do I think? Maybe you don't have it anymore. Maybe you've lost it. Maybe you don't have that edge, that desire, that passion. Maybe you've lost all those things. Maybe we need to reconsider what we're doing here, uh, you know, and reached out to some friends. And they're like, hey, hey, cat, <laughs> uh-uh, we're not going to entertain that. We're not going to entertain it. But, uh, and thank God that, that I didn't because, you know, I, I think we've done well. We've done well in arbitration. And I love it. I love arbitration. But if I ever, I told my business agent, if I feel, ever feel like that I'm not giving it my best, you know, I'm going to step down from it because I, I'm not going to hurt my brothers and sisters because I don't have it anymore. But anyway, all that to say this, look, 
you're going to have some hard times. You're going to have some, some things go against you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Ever. Uh, keep fighting and keep learning. I've lost removals in arbitration that have absolutely devastated me. Devastated me. Put on great cases. The poor, you know, the grievant is just, I legitimately thought that they were innocent and proven that and uh, have lost and just crushed. But I'll never forget, and I'm getting way off topic here, but anyway, this is for free. I never, uh, there's a, a gentleman that I respect greatly was talking one time about the storm. And he's like, you know, in life, just like every day, when you see the storm and the storm is coming, what do you do? He said, if you're going to go from here to there, and there is, the storm is between you and there, what do you do? He said, you can't turn around and run from it because you'll never get there. You cannot turn around and, and run from it. He said, try to go around it. Who knows how long that'll take. The best thing to do when you're going through a storm is go through the storm. No matter what life does to you or throws at you, pull up your shirt collar and go through the storm. Keep going. You're going through a divorce? Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep moving. Go forward. You've lost some removals. Keep fighting. Keep going. Keep going. Your own people won't help you out. Man, keep going. Keep going through that storm, and I promise you, you'll come out the other side. And when you do, wipe your shirt off. Put a smile on your face. <laughs> Tell the big man thank you, and keep on going. Okay? Look, you're going to go through some hard times as a union representative, you are. You're going to lose coworkers that you've done everything humanly possible to help them, and you're going to lose them, okay? Keep going. Keep going through that storm. I promise you you're going to come out on the other side. You're going to be smarter for it. You're going to be stronger for it, and people will recognize you for that, okay? That was free of charge. Let's talk about some issue statements and some remedies. That was for that gentleman that I've been talking to. I've, he's, he's been on my heart. He has. I don't like to see my people disgruntled. I know that it happens, but he's been on my heart, and so that was for him and me. Let's talk about the issue on a joint statement case, okay? Um, and if you noticed, last week I told you I was going to put that template in there, that, that uh, decision on where you put your transcripts. Cannot get that to work. I, can, I don't know. I'm going to have to have somebody come over and help me. I've been able to do it in every episode, but in that one, it will not let me download that. So I'm going to try, I have to figure out a way to do that because I got to get that to y'all. I have to get it to you. But um, so if you've been looking in that transcript thing where it shows one, it's not in there. It's because I cannot get it to download for the life of me. I'm going to have to figure out some kind of way to get that to you. But anyway, here's the issue. And this is Hattiesburg. This is Hattiesburg. Okay. This is the one where. The arbitrator, uh, she removed this uh, postmaster from supervising letter carriers forever, and we're still tracking him. We're still we're still firing him up a little bit. But here's the issue, okay? And see if you can recognize these things that I talked about last week. All right. Issue one: Did management 
violate the joint statement on violence behavior in the workplace, the Postal Service policy on workplace harassment. Remember that? Told you how to get that. The Mississippi Performance Customer Workplace Violence Zero Tolerance Policy. I told you to get your district's policy on zero tolerance. Section 115.4 of the M39 Handbook. Each respect. And Section 665.24 of the ELM. Remember that language? It sounded similar to the uh, joint statement language. Article 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement by the Environment that was created at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station. And if so, what is the remedy? Okay. Uh, so you got 14, 15. I told you about that language there that incorporates the joint statement. And 19, of course, 19 incorporates the M39 handbook, the ELM, and things like that. Okay. Number two. And you're going to get this decision. So I'm not going to redact anything because you're going to get this decision. It's for everybody to see. Did Jeremy Hanners violate the joint statement on violence behavior in the workplace? Okay. The Postal Service Policy on Workplace Harassment. The Mississippi Performance Cluster Workplace Violence Zero Tolerance Policy. Section 115.4 of the M39 Handbook. And Section 665.24 of the ELM via Article 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement by the pattern of behavior he has exhibited, and if so, what is the remedy? You're probably thinking, well, that's the same thing as number one. Number one, I'm, I'm going after everybody. Supervisors, upper management that has let this guy go on and on and on with his behavior. We're, we're going for everybody. Okay? Number two, we've called you out by name. We're going after you specifically because that's why we're there. Number three, did management at the Hattiesburg installation violate Article 15.3 of the National Agreement along with Postal Service Policy Letter M1517? Remember we talked about that? By failing to comply with formalized settlement for grievance, gives the grievance number, and if so, what should the remedy be? So we're talking about a non-compliance, so we put Article 15. Article 1517, okay? Number four, did management at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station violate Article 15.3 of the National Agreement along with Postal Service Policy Letter 1517 by failing to comply with the pre-arbitration settlements? And it gives those numbers there. We've already got some, some pre-arbitration settlements. So we're saying they didn't abide by those, so we hit them with 15 and 1517. Remember I talked to you about that earlier in that issue? Number five. Did management at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station violate Articles 15, 17, and 31 of the National Agreement by failing to furnish relevant requested information to the union in a timely manner? And if so, what should the remedy be? So there's your issue. Covered just about everything that we talked about, except those briefs and the snow decision. You don't need to put those things in your issue. Those things are to support the arbitrator's authority, right? So there's your issue. We went after all of management. We went after the individual manager. And then we had some other things in the issue statement, 17 and 31, because they didn't give us information in a timely manner. Let me tell you about Hattiesburg. This is the case here. This is the issue. My business agent sends a team into Hattiesburg. Me, Cliff Stoddard, Jason Ashley. We go down there and... Um, 
we meet with uh, some individuals have had a rough start, a bumpy start. And so one of these days I have to tell you about it uh, more in depth, but I'm not going to do it now because it was, it was a bumpy start to this. Uh, we ran into some roadblocks immediately and uh, got through those. And it's just like some you see in a movie, you know, we'd get these letters, contact this person here. They know some things, you know, we called this, uh, this individual, this supervisor had written a statement against management and she leaves the postal service, moves up North. And, uh, somebody gives us her number says, Hey, call her. So I, I messaged this lady and I introduced myself. I said, we're down here on this manager and you've written a statement. She's like, I remember him, remember him well. And he's the reason that I left. I said, well, you didn't say that in your statement. You just said management. I said, were you talking specifically about this individual? Yes, I was. I said, do you mind writing me an email saying that the statement that you wrote on this date was specifically concerning this manager by name? Don't mind it at all. So she did that. So things started falling into place for us. We had a great case file, great case file. Uh, Cliff and I would go to the station and we would interview carriers. Uh, we were downstairs. Uh, they had an upstairs where everybody worked. They had a break room downstairs. And then this huge room is an old, old post office, this huge room, nothing in there. Well, when we were interviewing carriers, these, these people kept popping their head in this, in this door here. And we'd look over there, can we help you? And uh, they're like, are you here about the manager? Uh, it was a couple. I said, yes, ma'am. Can we give you a statement? I said, well, absolutely. And so the rule carriers were the ones doing that. The rule carriers gave us statements against this manager. And so uh, Jason actually was back at the at the hotel we were staying at, and he was steady writing contentions, steady typing contentions, getting these things ready. And so that's how that went down. We take this to arbitration, and the arbitrator obviously – Rule in our favor. But here's what she says. And here's your remedy. Okay. We ask for cease and desist on those things. Here's what she says. As a remedy, the union requested multiple recompenses for the harm suffered by the employees in Hattiesburg. The following 10 of the 14 original requests shall be granted. So uh, we had 14 original requests. And here's what she says. Management at the Hattiesburg downtown station shall cease and desist violating the Joint Statement on Violence Behavior in the Workplace via Articles 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement. That's money. That's, that's the bingo. When you find, when they find management violated the Joint Statement. Ultimately, we wanted to get rid of them, but if I can get an arbitrator to say you violated the Joint Statement, that's, that's step one of getting you removed. That's a big one. Number two, management at the Hattiesburg downtown station shall cease and desist violating the Postal Service's policy on workplace harassment via Articles 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement. Remember that? Postal Service's policy on workplace harassment. Remember I told you how to find that last week? So she found them in violation of that. Management at the Hattiesburg downtown station shall cease and desist violating the Mississippi Performance Cluster Workplace Violence Zero Tolerance Policy via Articles 14, 15, and 19. So there's your District Zero Tolerance Policy. 
telling them to cease and desist violating that. Management at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station shall cease and desist violating sections 115.4 of the M39 Handbook via Articles 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement. So she's including 14 in all of these, which is beautiful. So now management has to cease and desist violating Article 14 forever. So there's Section 115.4, mutual respect, right? Management at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station shall cease and desist violating articles or violating Section 665.24. Remember that language? Sounds similar to the joint statement of the ELM via Articles 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement. Management at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station shall cease and desist violating Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement. Those are beautiful. I love them. Branch 938 shall be paid a lump sum of $500 for management's violation of Articles 15, 17, and 31 of the National Agreement and M1517. Number 8. Manager Jeremy Hanner shall be immediately removed from his managerial position at the Hattiesburg Downtown Station. Management shall place Mr. Hanners in a position to be decided by the Postal Service and Mr. Hanners. The location shall be outside of any post office in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He also shall not be allowed to supervise managed city letter carriers directly or indirectly based on a history of ineffective employee communication, which has led to decreased morale and an overall perception of harassment among letter carriers in the offices that he has managed. Caution should be used in the placement of this manager to ensure that the position meets with Mr. Hanner's current skills and abilities and will not adversely affect the working conditions of other employees that may be subject to Mr. Hanner's supervision. That, that's bingo. That's money. You, that is, you can't get any better than that. That's why we went down there. Nine, management shall implement all of the recommendations contained in the January 23rd, 28 climate survey report within 30 days from the date of this award. And that was our trigger down there, was this climate survey that we received. Right as we got there, this came in, and we used that as the, kind of the trigger. Number 10, management shall not retaliate in any way against any citizen carrier who participated in interviews or submitted written statements in the investigation and processing of this grievance. The climate survey report provided enough insight into the conditions in Hattiesburg so that the statements and interviews simply served to support those findings. Um, and remember when I told you that some people just didn't want to get involved? And I said, hey, look, look here. There, there's hell going on upstairs right now with what you're dealing with. Your brothers and sisters are dealing with. You know, we're in trouble here with the environment. You got to be a union. You got to be a union. So we asked that nobody would be retaliated for writing statements and stuff. She gave that to us. Remember when we asked, we held all of management accountable in number one? Here's what she says about that. Regarding those requests that were not granted, the fact that the evidence of record in the union contended that the supervisors did whatever Mr. Hanners instructed, I find it unnecessary to remove those individuals from the workplace at this time. We love that. Because she's putting them on notice. Additionally, with the implementation of the recommendations born out of the climate survey, the supervisors should be more equipped to communicate effectively with the employees they supervise in Hattiesburg and prevent any further issues. And she talks some other things, but that's the importance of the issue and the importance of the remedy. Those things that I told you about. 
those documents. That's your issue. I read it to you. I would love to put this in as transcript, but I don't even know if I can download it. But that's your issue, and that's your remedy for the joint statement case, okay? Make sure that you document everything. If you have something in that issue, make sure that you can prove it. And I always say make sure that you can prove something beyond a reasonable doubt. Leave no doubt that this was violated. And how do we prove that? Through our documentation. Okay? You are the, the foundation. I've always This is how I think. The informal step A is the foundation. If you've got a huge tower, what is the most important part of that tower? It's not the tip of it. It's the foundation of it how it was built the foundation of that thing is the informal step a the shop steward you're the foundation of every grievance why because you're the one that has 14 days to build that foundation that's what you do that's what i do when i have a grievance locally i'm building that foundation we're going to pile everything on top of that foundation The informal step A is the foundation. It's the most important part of the grievance procedure because you're building the foundation for this grievance going forward. The formal A to me is the most knowledgeable of all the steps. They're the ones who deal with things on a constant basis. Contractually, you have to be the most sound at the formal A. I believe that. Contractually, you have to be the most sound because if something comes up to you that's, that we've missed here at the lower steps, you're going to say, I need to get this right here. Here's this step four over here. Here's this M document over here. Need to put that in there. Uh, we, we failed to address this. Let me get that, put that in there. Contractually, you have to be the most sound at the formal lay. Now, a lot of shop stewards, you're going to be just as contractually sound, but the formal lay has to be the most contractually sound. And got to have a little edge to you, a little edge to you to formal A. When management comes in with their contentions, you have to go over those contentions with a fine-tooth comb, every sentence, every word. You have to address things, rebut things. That's the most critical. you got to rebut everything, read everything. If statements are in there, check them. Call people if you have to call them. Uh, that's the formal A. The B team... You're the, you're the mayonnaise on the sandwich. You're just putting a little topping on it. You're addressing some things. You know, you're pretty knowledgeable. Uh, but, uh, you know, not really supposed to make new arguments. Some do. But you're accentuating arguments already made. Uh, you're just, you're the chocolate sprinkles on, uh, on the ice cream. <laughs> you're accentuating things that are in the file. The advocate has to be the quickest. You're already knowledgeable because everything that you need to know is in that case file. Should be. So you're just studying the case file. You're the orchestra leader. You're going to, you're going to determine how this thing's going to play out to the arbitrator. Got to have a good memory. Good memory is an advocate. Uh, you, whether it's a 1,500-page file or a 20-page file, you need to have it by, down to memory. But you got to be quick. Extremely quick as an advocate if you want to be effective. People always laugh at me because I sit back in my chair and I just stare at the ceiling <laughs> while I'm listening. You know, I'm listening to management. The first thing that comes out that ain't right, objection. 
you know, because I have this this case file down to memory. And so you got to be quick as an advocate, quick and knowledgeable. You got the case file. You already know what's in it. So you're going to learn everything that you need to know out of that case file. You're going to already got your sites that you know that you're going to need. But uh, that's the advocate. Extremely quick, reasonably smart, a pit bull. But that that's how I feel. So when you're doing your issue and your remedy, that's your foundation. Your documentation, your contentions, that's your foundation. That's your foundation for the formal A. That's your foundation for the B team. That's your foundation for the advocate. Build that foundation. Make it as firm as you can. Okay? We're not going to topple as we go forward. Our case isn't going to crumble as we go forward because we've got a sound foundation. So I hope this has helped you. That's the issue and the remedy. If you look at uh, case 35122, that's the one out of Clinton, Mississippi. Great language in that. If y'all have read that, you understand what I'm talking about now. Some great language in that. Great language. Uh, But you'll look at the issue, pretty much the same issue. Uh, Pretty much identical to what we dealt with in Hattiesburg. You look at the remedy, uh, what she gave, pretty much the very same thing. Pretty much the very same thing. Two very successful grievances. Very successful cases. Uh, I, I encourage you to look at them. Read them, okay? That's your issue, and that's your remedy. I hope I had not talked too much off these little sidebar things, but uh, the issue and the remedy, critical, critical in your grievances, okay? Make sure that you're proving your issue beyond a reasonable doubt. Make sure that you're proving that issue, and make sure that you're addressing each issue in your remedy. What do you want for that violation of that particular issue? Okay, make sure that we're doing that. Reach out and get help if you need it. If you need help, have your core group reach out to them. If nobody will help you, reach out to me. I will do everything I can to help you if I can. I promise you that. You're not in this alone. I know that this gentleman feels like he's in this alone. We're we're not in this alone. Reach out to me. I'll do everything humanly possible to help. You know, like I talked about the, this on this uh, social media where people just belittle these people. If you could talk to your business agent and understand the difficulty that they're having getting shop stewards in, in certain places. They're having to assign outside stewards because nobody will help. And you finally get one to step up and do something and then they're treated like they are. It'll piss you off. It will. Because... We need help in certain places. We're not getting any, you know, carriers are not wanting to step up and help for the most part. And so we finally get a steward to step in and help, and then they're belittled by their own brothers and sisters on social media. You should be ashamed of yourself if you're doing that. Don't do that. Help. If somebody has a question, answer it and get out of there. Answer the question if you know the answer. If you if they're putting up discipline, don't have 15 responses. They can't do that. You know, I've seen people put up discipline. You know, what would you argue? Well, they can't do that. Well, hell, we know that. Come on. If people are asking for help, help them if you can. Okay? Uh, Let's not belittle our brothers and sisters. That's another soapbox. But anyway, that's your issue and your remedy for the joint statement. All right? If I can, I may just pay to have this one uh, done, a transcript done, 
on this one. That way you can read it, the issue and the remedy. That may help you, I guess. If you get those cases, let me tell you, if you get those cases, get the C numbers, it'll have the issue in it. And just copy and paste that issue and then just put your stuff in there. That'll help you, right? Just uh, go to those case files. Uh, I mean, go to those decisions and uh, Arbitrator August's decision for Hattiesburg and Clinton and pull up those decisions and just copy and paste that uh, issue. Change the names. Change the installations. That'll help you, right? Do that. Anyway, this is your issue and this is your remedy. Next episode, now next, I got to go out of town for two weeks. I got to go do some things for regional training, and then I got to go, we're going down to a certain place on another unruly supervisor. I'll be gone, but I'm going to try to come back and do this on Sunday, next Sunday, okay? I'm going to try to come back and do one for you on Sunday. But we're going to get into some, uh, some different sites and, and just talk a little bit about uh, our, our joint statement decisions, where arbitrators are at, the, you know, kind of the things to avoid, things to understand, the pitfalls of these things so that we're well-versed in it, what to expect, and uh, how to address certain things. That'll be my next episode, and then we'll be done with the joint statement series. And hopefully this has helped you out. I, I hope it has. Uh, like I said... Read that stuff. It's Bajork, not Britain. Read that stuff. You will be experts at it. I promise you. You know exactly what to say, exactly where to go, how to how to get your case file ready, uh, contentions and things like that. So next week we'll tie it all up, and then the next one hopefully get JB in here to do a Deems for you, Deems case. We're going to do window of operation, dispatch of value. We're going to do escalated monetary awards we're going to do past practice i'm going to try to cover everything for you everything that i can okay so that these things will be kind of uh cataloged and in in these episodes and you can go back if you got a new steward saying anybody know article five i'm gonna have a very detailed article five for you on down the line but uh so we'll just keep this thing going another thing i want to do is periodically i'm going to have some charges where i run into some charges and I'm a, we're going to sharpen ourselves on these charges. I'm going to read the charge. And while I'm reading the charge, see if you can figure out what you're going to need, what information you're going to request, how this charge is screwed up. We're going to win cases just off the charge. Okay? By the time we finish reading the charge, I want you to be that quick. When I look at a charge, I can beat that charge in a few minutes. That's how you're going to be. We're going to, I'm going to read, just have episodes where I read the charge. And then we're going to beat that thing right there on that episode. Okay. So I figured that'll be something for your mind to sharpen your mind on uh, how to beat charges just by looking at them. What you're going to need. We'll read them several times. What are you going to need to beat this charge? What are you going to look for? Okay. We're going to do those things. So we'll just keep it going. When I look on my thing and I see nobody's listening anymore, we'll probably stop. <laughs> but uh, as long as people are listening, if I got a couple of people listening, I'm going to keep doing it because I, I want us to succeed. I don't want anybody to fail ever. Uh, I understand the importance of that and the difficulty of, of getting help. So I want us all to succeed. I want everybody to win every case you ever grieve. I do. And uh, I'll help you however I can. A lot of good resources out there. I'm not the only one, but... 
With that being said, this is your issue and your remedy episode for the joint statement. I hope it's helped you get those cases and and get that issue out of there. It's a good one. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Y'all have a fantastic next week, and I will be back next Sunday, and we're just going to chit-chat. All right. Y'all take care now. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.